Hey, everybody. Welcome to Locked on Lakers for Wednesday. Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky. We want to thank Frank Vogel for listening to the show because he answered critical questions that we asked on Tuesday about the lineup and how that'll shake out. The NBA's GM survey is out and LeBron James is getting a ton of love. Less love for Anthony Davis. Plus, Pau Gasol is retiring. We'll look a little back a little bit on his career. All of that coming up on Locked on Lakers. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I want to thank everybody for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day. Appreciate you getting up and and and, and listening to us tell you what's going on with the team. A uh, reminder too, Locked On Lakers on YouTube. Subscribe to that. You get all the breaking news. Um, game updates and things like that as they're going to be popping up during the season. Definitely worth your time there. Extra stuff. And the podcast appears there earlier than it does where you get your podcast. So, uh, yeah, Andy, all great reasons to dive deeper into the Locked on Lakers content universe. Yes, absolutely. We're the new Marvel. <laughs> Very similar. Um, so uh, Tuesday at practice, the uh, Lakers revealed that Russell Westbrook and LeBron James would be sitting out on Wednesday's 3 o'clock Pacific time, Wednesday start in Phoenix. Yeah, I mean, um, cancel that thing. Who's going? Who's who's available to go to a game at 3 p.m. on a school day? Come on, man. <laughs> well, presumably not the school children, and everybody else should be at work. That actually would work much better in Los Angeles, where we have very flexible scheduling. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that that this is an odd time to be playing a basketball game. Um, Anthony Davis and Carmelo Anthony will play. And I think this was interesting too, Andy. Um, one of the two centers. Really quick, uh, the- DeAndre Jordan or Dwight Howard right, that's will what was, also yeah. not be playing. Um, right. Vogel, Vogel said that uh, he hasn't made up his mind which one. And uh, Trevor Reza is still dealing with that ankle issue, so he's not going to be playing. Right. And so what's interesting about one of the two centers not playing is you're going to see more small lineups. And while LeBron and Westbrook won't be there, at least you get a feel for how some of those things might look, who the guys who fit well with a small lineup might be and all that. Something to look forward to in Wednesday's game, which is again at 3 o'clock um, Pacific time, which is weird. The, the the more significant thing that came out of practice on Tuesday, though, was, uh, again, Frank Vogel, a, an avid listener of this show, obviously. We talked on Tuesday, kind of just Locked floated the idea. <laughs> floated the idea of um, like how flexible he could be with the other two guys in the lineup. You have the big three starting every game, obviously. Um, but then could you mix and match a little bit more than typically you see uh, with an NBA team uh, based on matchups, based on hot, who's hot, who's not, all that kind of stuff. Vogel basically shot that down. He said, when asked this a question similar to this, that they want a consistent starting five. They don't want to be swapping guys in and out and they want to gain that kind of continuity it's not surprising to hear um but it still kind of was you know pretty definitive in that regard yeah i mean this is exactly what i was saying when we when we discussed this for tuesday's show just the idea that it's just too complicated you don't build enough continuity and the synergy that is required to be an elite basketball team you know a title contending team you have to build that foundation with guys knowing each other, knowing these are the tendencies, and really familiarity with the guys you're going to be playing with 
most often. You know, Vogel did say every now and then he might call an audible. My guess is that would be based on the the front court that you're facing and like whether or not you truly need DeAndre or Dwight Howard to start. What what Lakers fans hope that means is that on certain nights we might start a traditional center. Right. On the other ones, we won't. Right. Or it means that they're going to be going with a traditional center most of the time to start games and that's your consistent lineup. But but either way, it does not sound like Vogel's going to have like his... Top through one seven options. Any, no, but any. I I I I don't know if it's all about the front court though. I I I take it to mean too. Like the starting two guard is going to be the starting two guard. It's not going to be the starting two guard is Malik Monk on uh, three days Wednesdays. a week, <laughs> and then on then you know Baysmore a couple times. Like I don't think it's just about the front court. Um, I I actually think the front court. This is me crossing my fingers. I think the front court is probably more settled than. The backcourt, um, then you know the certainly the, the the two spot, and potentially, especially if Trevor Ariza's injury lingers a little bit longer, what you do with that other that other Maybe available it, I starting mean, spot again, possibly. I'm crossing my fingers right, and I, reading what Anthony Davis told me at the beginning on well, media day. You know, he said he expected to play center. He did not say he expected to start at center or play the majority of his minutes there. He just said he expected to play center, which I said, no you, shit. You are, just, you are, you are Charlie Brown and you think Frank Vogel is Lucy holding the football and you don't want Lucy to pull that football away. I need to see it to believe it. But either way <laughs> though, though, those, I think one way or another, the things that you're talking about is ultimately going to be decided. Even if Vogel has less of an idea who the starting two is, I think the flux that he was asked about is going to be more determined by the front court than the back court, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, that doesn't mean the starting lineup will never change once it's established, but once they come on one, you're looking at 10, 15 games, probably they'll run with that. Um, we'll get to pow in, in a, in a little bit here, but the GM survey, the NBA does this every year, Andy, where they pull all the GMs around the league, all 30 of them, a bunch of questions, 40 something questions, and put out the results. And every year it produces some really fascinating stuff. LeBron James got a ton of love in this thing. Um, where Anthony Davis was in here, also fascinating. Um, the first thing I want to ask you, though, about title hopes. Lakers, one hundred like overwhelming favorites to get out of the West. 80% of the GMs picking him to do it. Only 17% of them, though, pick them to win a title. I think that's fair. Yeah. I mean, Laker I mean, fans may not like it, but I think it's fair. Yeah. I mean, it, it reflects basically the money, the the way it's shifting in Vegas. It reflects a lot of the surveys of people around uh, NBA media who've, who've been prognosticating the same stuff. I mean, giving the La- the Lakers are the consensus, I think, number two in terms of best chances to win a championship. Right. Brooklyn, Brooklyn was the 72% choice to win a title. Right. But by definition... The Lakers are being considered by everybody who covers the league to have a legit shot at winning it. Yeah, but, absolutely. But you have a better idea of what Brooklyn is, even acknowledging the the big three did not spend a ton of time together. Um, I also wonder how much I, I wonder how much of this survey was done before people realize that Kyrie might not be available for half of his right. Games. I mean, this is, a, I think also, yeah, like there's an assumption here that they're going to be more than a big two and a half, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, um, but we'll see. I would have loved to see what this polling looked like in the Western Conference if Jamal Murray was available for Denver, if 
Kawhi Leonard was available for the Clippers, but they are not. And so um, it becomes a moot point. The Lakers, rightly, I think, overwhelming favorites in the West. Um, at, next, though, let's let's get deeper into this because the contrast here in the in the results of this poll between LeBron James and Anthony Davis and where they pop up and more specifically, Andy, where they don't pop up is pretty notable. And uh, let's talk about that next. First, Andy, uh, I want to let you know, nobody likes to talk about excessive sweating or really any kind of sweating, but definitely not excessive sweating. When you sweat through your shirts for no reason, you're ruining clothes and you just have that anxiety that no, that for, that comes from knowing that you, you might have a, a problem with your sweat for whatever reason on any given day. Even if you're not an excessive sweater, and I'm really not, we all have those moments of high pressure. It could be a big job interview. Uh, you know, first date, whatever it is where nerves get going, all of a sudden you're just sweating in ways you typically don't. I mean, you look like Robert Hayes in Airplane. And for, I mean, for any of those situations, whether it's a chronic thing for you, something with a more specific need, you can use sweat block antiperspirant wipes. These things are doctor created, doctor recommended. They work for up to seven days per use. They come with a dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. It's featured and tested on the Rachel Ray show by actual firefighters. Uh, bestseller on Amazon for 10 years, 13,000 reviews. It's manufactured in the USA. So you go to bed, uh, you, you apply it at night before you go to bed. Then you go to bed, you wake up, you wash, and you just go about your day without worrying about sweat. It is 100% guaranteed. Get it today, 20% off sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or at Amazon and CVS. Locked on Lakers also brought to you by Sleeper. In 2018, the fantasy sports experts at Sleeper realized that fantasy basketball it was broken. Games were won and lost based on whose players had more scheduled games that week. It made no sense, required no strategy. So in 2020, Sleeper released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. It's called Game Pick, and it's available only on Sleeper. And Game Pick, owners pick a single game per week for each starter to count towards their team's total score, ensuring an even number of games played between opponents. So no more losing sleep because your opponent's players had more scheduled games to play in that week. No more giving up halfway through the season because, my God, keeping track of all that is just busy work. And it's like, man, you got a life. But in game pick, you get to pick one game per week for each player based on player matchups, home versus away, opponent's defensive rankings, pace of play, yada, yada, yada. They offer redraft. They offer keeper. They offer dynasty. So if you prefer weekly strategy versus just tedious, busy work, because again, you got a life. You are going to love game picks. So download the Sleeper app. Start a league today with your friends. You will not be disappointed. Not much washed king in the old GM survey. Yeah, he's got <laughs> um, kind of pissed about that one. Yeah, LeBron um, uh, loves to pull motivation from all kinds of different places. He loves your old man memes. He loves all of these things. Uh, he will be finding no motivation in the NBA GM survey. Um, I have just a few places where LeBron uh, shines here. Uh, LeBron was voted the third most versatile defender in the NBA in his yeah. 19th season. Yeah. Uh, LeBron was voted the fourth best point guard, the second best small forward, and the second best power forward. So for those of you keeping track, he is considered a top four player at three of the five positions in basketball. Yeah, the only reason he didn't end up in all five is he doesn't play the other two. Right. Uh, LeBron James was tops in the most versatile player uh, in the NBA. He was tops in the most uh, in the highest IQ 
basketball IQ in the NBA. He received votes, Andy, in his 19th season as a 37-year-old human being for if you were starting your franchise today, that's the who one. would you get? Like that he he got that. That is to me the greatest compliment that LeBron got in this entire survey because as great as LeBron is, has always been, will seemingly continue to be. When you consider that question literally, Brian, the idea of you are starting a franchise today and you are thinking about the health of your entire franchise moving forward, big picture, who would you build around? If you choose LeBron, like on its face, logically, that is borderline stupid. The guy is almost 37 effing years old. Except once you really think about it, you could reasonably argue that it's not stupid. It's actually the smartest decision if you want to like try to cash in on right now, come right out of the gate, giving yourself an opportunity to contend. You pick the guy who is almost 37 years right. old it, it, and, and entering not, season 19. It's not even crazy in the sense of like, well, you know, maybe we want to like a two or a three year window because the thing about LeBron and why he, he finished is because his utility, even if he, even if LeBron becomes lesser over the next couple of seasons, um, like genuinely starts to fall off a little bit to where you say, eh, you know what? He's probably only the ninth best player in the league. The, the skill set that he brings and the ability to make other people better, to enhance all the talents of the people around him and to bring parts of a puzzle together, which, by the way, is really an, in a large way what the Lakers are, are banking on this year. That isn't going to, to, to get old. I mean, obviously, if you want a 10-year window, you pick Giannis, you pick Jokic, you pick... But like it's it's totally defensible to take LeBron for this kind of thing because once you have LeBron, you can do almost anything with the rest of your roster. Whereas if you pick one of these other guys, you pick Giannis uh, or Luca, even you still might need a couple specific things. Luca won this poll, by the way, but that, and that's fine. He's Luca. LeBron got votes. <laughs> it's. That again, that is to me the best compliment that he got in this whole thing, even against other categories where he ranked higher or even finished ver first. This to me is the best compliment he got. It's amazing. I, I also really found quickly uh, that he got one vote for player who'll make the best coach, but only that one, even though obviously LeBron's IQ would make him and communication make him an incredible coach. It was an acknowledgement that there's no way in hell LeBron's going to coach. Oh, God, no. This is done. Oh, he God, just, no. Nike just built a damn facility for the guy. Like, he can just chill there and probably get paid to sit there. Just like, like, oh, to like be Le the elevator operator. Yeah, LeBron, here's $100,000. Just go sit in that chair here so we can take some pictures of you at whatever this innovation center is. Like, that we named he, for you. Yeah, he's never coaching. Uh, Anthony Davis, though, pops up in a couple spots. He's voted the third best defender in the league behind Gobert and Giannis. That's about it. Nowhere yeah. in MVP. Uh, you know, versatile defenders, guys you'd want to build a franchise around, like all that kind of stuff. He really does not appear very often at all in this polling, which is in some ways, I think, much more interesting than if he had appeared a few times, but below guys, you think you know, like he's not there at all. No, I mean, it, it was really remarkable because we we've talked about uh, how it's felt like between Russ coming back, you know, LeBron always being the big story because he's LeBron and so many different 
new faces on this team with very, very different skill sets than the supporting players of the last couple of years that Anthony Davis has really been kind of a weird afterthought with this team. Like, you know, other than the idea of, is he going to be starting at the four, starting at the five, he hasn't been talked about a lot. And it's really indicative of the way last season was by his standards, disappointing. And it really comes through in this GM. Like for example, like going through some of his categories last year versus this year for the 2021 season, uh, this GM poll MVP AD was tied with LeBron for third, 18% behind Giannis and Luca 2021, 2022 season, zero votes. Who would you start a franchise around 2021? AD came in third place last season behind again, Giannis and Luca this year down to just receiving votes. Which player forces you to make the most adjustments? Last season, he received votes. This season, no votes. Best power forward in 2021, last season. He came in third behind Giannis and LeBron. This year, out. Best center, last season. Second, 43% behind Jokic. This year, 7%. Down to third, tied with Giannis. Best defensive player, last year, he was second behind just Giannis. This year, down to just receiving votes. And it's interesting, you mentioned LeBron with that third uh, best def- uh, defender when it comes to versatility. Most versatile defender damn near feels like a rigged category that you create specifically to guarantee Anthony Davis finishes first in something. He's not even named. Right. And look, he's, he's not did, even named in the Not thing. even named, but he did appear as the third best defender overall. But it, Correction, it is, Brian. Real, really quickly, he is not named third best defender in the NBA. He is third best interior oh, defender. Thank you in the NBA. He's down to receiving votes as for best defender. defender. You're right, because when they combine perimeter guys with like Drew yeah. Holiday, yeah. thank you. That is an important, uh, yes. important clarification. LeBron's not getting anything out of this in terms of bulletin board material. Anthony Davis could plaster the whole thing all over his house. Like this is this is the sort of thing that I'd like to think that he really is kind of internalizing and sees and understands that like his perception around the league was diminished by last season. He is the only guy too that can't use the, you know, the LARP, you know, the L A R P chatter <laughs> around the Lakers. Right. Um, he's too you know, young. He, he's too young for that. He's he's in his own very interesting specific category on his team because he's the only member of the big three squarely in his prime. And at his best, he is a truly special player, particularly defensively, like he's the guy that makes the Laker defense potentially special. Like all the different things that Anthony Davis can do. Like we we saw during the title run season, at his best, that guy is he's like a buzzsaw defensively. Like he he like he reminded me of the way like remember the Ravens at their best, like those defenses would have like all these yep. insane looks that you could not keep up with what the hell was going on just watching it, much less being the team trying to go up against it. Anthony Davis, at his best, can just wreck what you are doing offensively because he specifically can counter it in so many different ways. Like you said, he, you know, as much as you and I laugh at times at guys using, you know, bulletin board material, like this is something he could because look at. Because this, like, this, this is people inside the game. Yeah, this is like fans. This is, these are, and nobody thinks Anthony Davis sucks. No, but, but he wants to be, he wants to be seen as a transcendent 
you know, the among the elite members of the elite, not just, you know, regular. And look, the, the guys, guys are talking about it. And the irony of this is, at least from our perspective, like both of us have said, like the season is set up for him to thrive, like mm-hmm. to go off because LeBron is there to help him and Westbrook is there to help him. Those guys are going to draw a lot of the attention in terms of the external stuff. LeBron's still going to be the voice of the team. The interest is going to be pointing at, is Russ fitting in? Is he not fitting in? Is what's he doing? This and that. Davis is going to go play and dominate. And, you know, he's healthy. He's talked about transforming his body. I, I think he's set up to have a season that makes some of these votes look bad. Um, and if he does, the Lakers are going to be in great shape. Uh, but it was the, the the results were definitely notable. Um, also notable, Andy, on Tuesday, Pau Gasol, nice sec, Pau Gasol announces his retirement officially from basketball. He'd been playing over in Spain, um, and he is officially hanging it up at 41 years old. A truly remarkable career, one obviously very important to Lakers fans as well. We'll look back on that a little bit next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Bet Online. We are back and better than ever. Bet Online is all eyes on the gridiron as teams are out there for another football season, the NFL season, quarter of the way in. Fantastic. So, oh, as yeah. always, oh, it's been great. Bet Online, your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season with a new updated site and interface, more odds, props, and contests. Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything. Football. So head to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Do not forget to use the promo code locked on to receive your bonus. Again, football, basketball, boxing, Vegas, casino games. Take advantage of everything available for the 2021 season. Bet online, fastest, easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the games start. So, Andy, on Tuesday, the clock officially started ticking on what I can only presume be the next guy to have his jersey retired at Staples Center. Really interesting. At, at practice on Tuesday, Westbrook kind of dropped this little nugget. Like he, one of his first, he was a co, he said he was a Pow fan before he was a Kobe fan. Like one of his first favorite players was Pow. And not that he patterned his game after him, obviously, but he just loved the way Pow played. And that to me was, was so appropriate just because everyone like you could get angry if you know you needed power to be aggressive this and but like just from an aesthetic standpoint if you just if you were somebody who loved basketball played beautifully yeah played you know artfully with you know um sharing with you know skill with you know teamwork and all that like you couldn't do better than pow yeah, I mean, the, there was an elegance to the way Pow played. And that I, was and I realized, one of the words I was thinking of. I, I realize that can sound like a, like a loaded term, given the way Pow had to overcome the you know Gasoft stuff, which frankly was all bullshit. I mean, Pow needed to find a different gear when it came to aggression, and I think you know that willingness to assert himself. But the idea that he was ever at any point truly soft was always just insane. But like stupid. It, it it's fit the type of personality that Powell had on this team, you know, and, and we we covered uh, very closely those teams, the Kobe Powell era. And, you know, it's among the many skills Powell had it, that he was such an incredible and willing passer was just so fitting because like it's not just like the selflessness that he'd play with like he. 
he he brought a fluidity, you know, to the, the way things were out there. And Pow just seemed like somebody that loved connecting with people and like, you know, loved exploring different things, connecting to different things. Like he is not just one of the smartest athletes we've ever been around. He's one of the smartest smartest humans. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he was set to be a doctor before he ended up going into basketball and he was this incredibly intellectually, you know, emotionally curious person that, you know, it, it, those passing skills and the way that he would see everything around him felt very indicative of who he was as a player with the Lakers and also just a person in general. Yeah. And there were, there were, um, you know, certainly moments where you could just, you know, the, 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 perf- the, the incredible, you've talked about this a lot, like the perfect fit that he brought, particularly at that time yeah, with Kobe um, to make those teams work like a different kind of superstar would not have been as effective. A superstar, your superstar would not have as effectively, like you kind of needed the POW's mentality and approach, which was comfortable being a secondary person to Kobe with the elite skill that he still brought. And, you know, we, it, we don't need to, I think even read, to cover that, but I mean, honestly, what stuck stuck out about me so much with Powell is just he's just a remarkable person. He is probably the best person in any sport or among the best people that I've ever covered. And like you see, I tell this story a lot. Like there's a a, a woman who went back in the days when we were allowed in locker rooms. She would uh, she is in a wheelchair and has somebody who helps with microphone this and that whatever and all this stuff. Powell Gasol, one of the only advantages to being seven feet tall in this world that we live in, other than being able to make a living playing basketball if you happen to be good enough, is that when we're all standing there with a, the media scrum holding up our microphones and doing that stuff, like you can be above it. You don't have to be surrounded by it. You can get a little air. Every time he would do an interview, he did it standing up, always, because that's the most comfortable way to do it if you're seven feet tall. One day I go in and he comes and he kind of comes from the show, you know, getting dressed. He looks and he glances very quickly, you know, doesn't make a thing. And he sits down and the person sitting to his left is the, the reporter who works out of the wheelchair. She asks a question. He answers, doesn't say a word, doesn't acknowledge, doesn't do anything. Afterwards, I asked him, I was like, I apologize for even bringing this up. Is the I've never seen you sit down for an interview. Is that why you did? I asked. He's like, yes. I, I don't know. This isn't an athlete thing. This isn't like 99% of athletes would. Like 99% of people wouldn't have the, the wherewithal just to sort of see that and recognize it and do it without saying anything. Yeah. It's the without. I'm not going to. I'm not going to point it out. I'm not going to. He just did it because that was like the kind and empathetic thing to do. And that to me always summed up pow um, little gestures like that, that he would do for people, fans that you would see little stuff all the time. And he was just, he's just a, a wonderful person. And yeah, so I mean, happy to see that he's gotten a lot of love on you he, know, with his retirement, you know, in, in covering those teams, the way we did like, how Lamar Odom and Roni Turioff are probably the three athletes that I, I grew to love as people the most of anybody. You know, I mean, just just being around the three of them, they're just wonderful, wonderful people. And, and they're 
the way their souls came out being around them. I mean, for lack of a, a better way of putting it, that might not sound over dramatic, but I mean, when you're around people enough, you see a lot of stuff. You, you, you know, just start to, you, start, you, you recognize yeah. you know, sort of who they are. You get a chance back. It was easier then yes. to have a little bit more breathing room to just talk about stuff. We're not, I'm not talking, we're not best friends with these people, but no. over time, over four or five seasons, you develop, uh, you know, a little bit of a, a rapport and a relationship. So um, congratulations just, to Pow. I, I wanted to also, I, I wanted to note, I, I, I tweeted out, um, this is before, you know, Jeannie even just acknowledged like, yes, the day, the Lakers have a standard that they do not retire jerseys unless you are in the Hall of Fame. And basically, Pow is going to end up getting in there. Um, and the minute that happens, Jeannie has acknowledged they're going to be, uh, retiring his jersey. And I, I tweeted out before that, like the basketball reasons that Powell would have his jersey retired by the Lakers speak for themselves. Um, I mean, it's it's a no-brainer. But you could make an argument the Lakers could retire his jersey purely based on the way he's looked out for Kobe's family since since Kobe's death. Yeah. And I mean, Gigi's it's death. just another and, indication of who he but, is. But also though, what it, what I wanted to get into that beyond beyond just the idea of it's indicative of who Powell is, it's it's a reminder that friendships and professional partnerships, all that stuff can be complicated while they're really beautiful because that friendship and partnership between Kobe and Powell mm -hmm. was not always easy. I mean, Kobe was exceedingly demanding and being his second in command, it's not always a fun job. It can feel really thankless. It can feel thankless at times because sometimes Kobe made it feel that way. For Powell, there were a f more than a few occasions where Kobe threw Powell under the bus for losses. You know, the black swan, white swan shit. We both know he hated that. Like that, that was not something that lit a fire under Powell as much as it just pissed him off. And he found it demeaning. But at the same time, like those two brought out so much of the good in each other. I think just on the court, but then especially later on as people. And, you know, the, the friendship that developed from that has been, I think, really incredible to watch and, and seeing Powell look out so just so consistently and, you know, really with, with, uh, like a fervency for, for Kobe's family, it, it's been really, really touching to watch. I mean, like, it's one of those things like you see on social media, even the most cynical people that we see on social they melt watching this. Like it's, it's really special to see. And it's just, it's, it's a, I think a great reminder of just the way, you know, people can be very complicated, but there's, there's just a lot that can come from it. Uh, good spot to, to stop. Um, Locked on Lakers again, Monday through Friday, subscribe to the YouTube channel, locked on Lakers on YouTube. Uh, and yeah, we'll be back tomorrow. Thanks.